We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing? Try, try, try. Trade talk, our second trade episode of the season. More to come, but we're going to jump into this. we got some trade offers and ideas from our listeners. And as always, you can find the Buzz on all streaming platforms. But Jack, where do we start? I'm just going to go through the tweet, Nick, because I had a billion replies that it's it's just, let's just get into it. And we had Joe McCarr, Joe Money McCarr, a friend of the show. He put out the, the, the one that was spoken about quite a bit and the one that Nets fans uh, seem enamored with, and it's Kyle Kuzma. And he put the package, Kyle Kuzma, and the Nets give up Seth Curry, Cam Thomas, and a 2027 protected first rounder. Do you... One, I think, you know, we, we discussed Kyle Kuzma. He's probably been the, the number one sort of guy. But maybe we want to analyze the package. And, you know, it does Joe have Joe Harris have to be included? Not Joe uh, McCarr. Does Joe Harris have to be included in it? What do we think about the package? Yeah, I think this is probably the asking price of Kyle Kuzma because he might be one of the bigger targets on the market because this season just doesn't really have a lot of star-type players. So you go to that next tier, and Kyle Kuzma, probably a fringe all-star, maybe even a little bit under that, and he's going to have a competitive offers. And as we've talked about in the past, I think a lot of it is where does Kyle Kuzma want to go because he is likely to opt out and be a free agent this summer. And I think losing Cam Thomas is okay. Seth Curry, we talked about a little bit on the KD injury episode, how his role could be bigger but Kyle Kuzma could come in and replace a lot of that as he stepped up in Washington with the ball in his hands as not only a scorer but a creator and the first round pick was going to be something you're okay moving when you have a shot at a championship moving forward and the Nets have a 2027 first round pick it might be a swap with Houston that year but they'll still have another pick in that draft so I think you feel comfortable moving the the Sixers pick yeah, and I, I think that the Nets getting Kyle Kuzma without, without having to give up, you know, Joe Harris, you know, Joe Harris versus Seth Curry is the the age old debate in, in in Nets social media. We can we don't need to bring it to to this podcast, but adding Kyle Kuzma just in, in a vacuum would increase the Nets. And yes, the Kyle Kuzma can have his inconsistencies. He's not a perfect player, but neither is Seth Curry or Joe Harris. And I think Kyle Kuzma would be an upgrade over either of those guys. 
Uh, how much is the upgrade? Is it worth giving up a first rounder? Yes, no. What are other teams willing to to throw in there? You know, giving up Cam Thomas doesn't you know really move me. I think that first rounder is is pretty valuable. I think you know the 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 salary range of Joe Harris is quite valuable. You know, this sort of the, that fifteen to twenty million dollar mark where you can sort of get decent enough wings or bigs or whoever it is that you prioritize. But yeah, Kyle Kuzma until the cows come home. We're big on on, on Kuzmania. He's been tweeted about was it Kyrie or KD the other day who was it you, you sent it to me yeah I think he was tweeting about KD saying that he was like an MVP or something like that so doing early work and also another point you brought up in the past Jack is you're taking him away from another potential contender you know you're taking away from potentially Milwaukee or Boston or someone like that and adding a player yourself and also just someone who fits the scheme and allows you to have that defensive versatility yeah, and ultimately that's all you want. You want to add something, and if he goes to the West, you know <clears throat> maybe you're not losing. Excuse me, a heap of sleep over it, especially if it's like a, a Portland or one of those sort of teams. But Nick, getting into a few other ones, we had Will Jackson again, friend of the show. He tweeted out a, um, a, a screenshot of a tweet. He said, "The Nets get Torian Prince, former Brooklyn Net, great. We get Torian Tuesdays back. Nas Reed, who has been sensational uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, of late, and the Nets give up Seth Curry." Kessler Edwards and that 2027 first rounder via the Sixers. Don't hate that trade to to be totally fair, uh, Nick. And I, I might even like Nas Reed better than Torian Prince. Yeah, it would solidify the Nets' depth with this trade. You know, they're maybe not getting that quality player or that upgrade over you know Joe Harris or Seth Curry. They're probably getting somewhere in similar level on Torian Prince, but a better body type. And then Nas Reed obviously is having a great season. And could fill in that backup center role and that stretch center role. You know, he's playing really well for Minnesota with Carl Anthony Towns out. And they're likely to have to make some type of move. He's also an expiring contract. So definitely something to consider. I think I'm targeting more so if I'm going to use that first round pick to really get that quality upgrade. But this is a great trade to solidify your depth and make sure you're kind of covered for an injury. And now you also have a backup center that checks two boxes. Yeah, he's shooting 37.5% from three on 2.7 attempts. You know, he's in his age 23 season. I didn't know he was that young. Um, he 10. looks 4. a lot older. He does look a lot older, but he he's, he plays like a vet. You know, he I, I think he'd be a, a wonderful backup big and would fit well alongside Ben Simmons, even Nick Claxton in saying that. I think defensively, he's, he's a pretty good switch defender as well from the stuff that I've watched. I think he'd be literally the perfect backup big. Do the Minnesota Timberwolves say yes to this? Look, they need to make some sort of move possibly to solidify or to the direction that they might be heading in. So maybe, you know, you, you get in here. And, and look, Toy and Prince, you know, if it's Tuesday, you know, you're going to get, you know, a, a heap of value from him. But, you know, we've seen the best and worst of Toy and Prince. And adding another wing guy, you know, to, to join TJ Warren, Yutsu Watanabe, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris – doesn't hurt just to have a, another body out there. I think, you know, I've always really liked, you know, Torian Prince as a rebounder. I think it's been a, a skill that I like of his. So, look, wouldn't be the worst deal in the world, Nick. But as you alluded to, you know, is it worth giving up that first round pick? You know, ultimately, the, the Sixers' first round pick is going to be around that sort of 20 mark anyway, despite the fact that it's a loaded draft. I don't think it's that valuable. But, you know, the, the Seth Curry... What what is the difference between Seth Curry and Torian Prince? Is Seth Curry a more valuable player as a Brooklyn Net than Torian Prince is? Maybe, maybe not. There's arguments that you could make that Seth's spacing, Seth's ability to create his shot, his own shot is more valuable than you know what Torian Prince can provide with his inconsistency. But Nasri might be a better fit overall. There's plenty of discussions that you can make. I don't hate it. I think it's actually an interesting trade. 
Yeah, it definitely is. And Torian Prince has been a name that we have on our list of trade targets. It's just a matter of do you trust him to play to the level he's kind of played in Minnesota? You know, in Brooklyn, he wasn't necessarily ideal, a lot of hot and cold. Also had two of his worst three-point shooting seasons in Brooklyn, other than his rookie year. Shot 33% one season, 35. You know, other than that, he's been mostly 37 to 41 the rest of the way. So something to just kind of think about with Torian. And if he's a guy that you trust, in the postseason because I think ideally the trade is trying to acquire someone who's going to help you in the postseason especially if you're using that first round pick yeah I think it's all about you know establishing quality in the sort of eight nine man rotation for the postseason and the Nets might already have that you know in terms of the eight guys that we saw last night nine guys if you throw in Seth Curry as Nick Claxton said maybe the Nets already do have those guys but I would like to see maybe some semblance of an upgrade so it you know, maybe lessens the responsibility of a Yuta Watanabe. Now, I've been big on Yuta Watanabe, and I think he could be great. As same with TJ Warren. You know, Joe Harris has had his playoff woes. So, yeah, maybe adding someone. I just think that, yeah, who's going to be four, three, four to eight in when it comes to your rotation? Kyle Kuzma can be that. Can Torian Prince or Nas Reed? Maybe, but more likely to be maybe not. So, let's get to a few others, Nick, because we've got heaps to get through via Randy P on Twitter. He said... Ben Simmons and Cam Thomas, plus the Philly first for Gary Trent and OG Ananobi. Now, I mean, I'd do that in a heartbeat, but I don't think the Toronto Raptors are going to be doing that. Though I remember seeing when there was Ben Simmons rumors that there was interest around you know, Ben Simmons from the Toronto Raptors side, I think. So maybe they, they fall back in love with him, but I think Ben Simmons needs to play a little bit better to increase his own, own value because I think OG Ananobi is a better player than Ben Simmons right now. Yeah, and obviously Gary Trent's a pretty good player as well, and there's a rumor that Masai is asking a ton for both guys, so this trade seems very unlikely. It would be ideal to land Gary Trent and OG, but the Nets would need to come up probably with some more first-round picks or something like that. Yeah, look, I think ultimately getting, you know, if you were to get OG, no, actually, I'm going to ask you about Ben Simmons, Nick, in terms of the possibilities of Ben Simmons being offloaded, Ben Simmons, you know, just in general terms of his trade value, Where do you stand with that before we get to a few more trade proposals from some of our listeners and and followers? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, like you said, Jack, I think in the past it's just going to take off time to trade. Ben Simmons, his value is not very high. Uh, he's not playing his best basketball, and 
he's also on a large contract. So it's like you're trying to trade him for either one or two other quality role players or you're potentially trying to trade him for a star. And most other teams aren't viewing Ben Simmons as a star because he hasn't played like a star in a long time. So I think as of right now, you're probably sitting on him unless the value really pops up or a magical offer comes along deadline time and you pull the trigger on it. But it just it doesn't seem likely that he'll be moved this season. No, it seems incredibly unlikely. So I think Nets fans need to maybe you know get around to the idea of just Ben being in Brooklyn for at least the, the, the short term, whether it's the long term uh, remains to be seen. Let's get stuck into uh, a couple more, Nick. Oh, I lost the toy. Let me go back to it. Um, but we've got someone uh, sort of talking about the fringes of the rotation. Cam, Seth, and a first-round pick for Thad Young and Otto Porter. Money might need us to add in Kessler, which as well. That is via Keith underscore Berger. I think the Nets might be giving up a little bit too much there. Yeah, Thad Young obviously is at towards the end of his career. Otto Porter, I believe, has been injured a good chunk of the season and almost did sign with the Nets in the offseason, but he has not returned to the court yet for the Raptors, so who knows if he'll be healthy. He kind of fell off towards the end of the season last year for the Warriors as well, so not really a huge fan of that trade because – it's not sure what those two guys are able to contribute. You know, Thad Young, for less than a first-round pick, you have my interest. But at the same time, he doesn't shoot threes, and he's essentially an undersized five at this point in his career. Yeah, and Otto Porter has barely played this year. His, his health woes yeah. are something that you know you don't want to, to bargain on, especially when you've got Kevin Durant now injured, Kyrie Irving with all of his stuff, Ben Simmons and his injuries history, Edmund Sumner, TJ Warren. It, it's, you just don't. You don't want to do that. But Porter's I think played it, eight games a season. Yeah, that's that's not a lot of games. That's not a lot of games. And <laughs> we'll need him for uh, a minimum of 16 in, in the postseason. And he contributed for the Golden State Warriors. I'm not discounting that. I think an Otto Porter type is, is, is essentially what you're sort of targeting. But uh, another one we got from uh, Rolo Tomasi. He said, target a top talent being underutilized on their team or wanting to move them. How about John Collins to the Nets for Royce, Seth, and David Duke Jr.? Should work as salary matches. This is, Seth is due another contract in the summer. Royce in 12 months after that. Collins can still improve. I don't hate that package. I think a lot of people have sort of said John Collins, Joe Harris, and we've heard rumors and you know, from you know, credible sources like Sean Serrani saying that Atlanta isn't interested in Joe Harris. But that package isn't awful. But I think Seth, you know, outside of Seth in this package, Royce seems somewhat entrenched in Brooklyn. Like, He's got the handshake with KD and Kyrie right now. He's playing minutes where you know he's in the, the top upper echelon of, of minutes played. But I don't hate that. And I do I, I still am at least somewhat enamored with John Collins just because of his talent. Yeah, I think you can't really replace I mean, you can't trade Royce unless the trade is replacing him. You know, you want to have someone fill in that role, and Royce has done the gritty work, and he's been frustrating at times with his inconsistent three point shooting and offense and you know some of his defense same time john collins is not having a career year and as we've alluded to there's some question marks with his fit next to clax and ben and you know where his defense is at as well you know it's been very inconsistent in his nba career and his three he's having the worst three-point shooting season of his career so it's just like john collins is almost a whole other conversation like you said the package isn't bad and it's probably a good trade for the nets but it's just like are you that interested and committed to john collins that's a, a fair call. And for, for more increased discussion about John Collins, Kyle Kuzma, guys, check out the other episode we did. You know, that's in the, in the archives of uh, the, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, Brooklyn Buzz podcast feed. 
A good one here that I like, Nick, and one that has also been brought up by, you know, uh, an in-the-know source, not just uh, our guy Mix on Twitter, who said, Harris, first-round pick, Jazz give up Vanderbilt and Olenek. I think a good trade. He likes Kuzma as well, which we've been discussing. But Bobby Marks on Zach Lowe's podcast brought up, you know, the possibility of Jared Vanderbilt being added to the Brooklyn Nets. And I think a lot of NBA nerds, including yours, truly are big fans of, of Jared Vanderbilt because he shot the three ball a little bit better than I expected, especially from the corners. He is an incredible rebounder. He would fit so freaking well into the defense. If you had Jared Vanderbilt, uh, Nick Claxton, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant out there in a weird, funky lineup and he's throwing Kyrie or whatever, the teams are going to score like 40 points on you. Like, he is so good. And I think Kelly, look, I think this is unlikely unless the Jazz are willing to go into blow it up territory. I think Kelly O'Lenick, despite the fact that I dislike with a lot of the things that he's done in terms of some of his histrionics on the court, I think would fit well in terms of his spacing and his ability to play the five. Either one of those guys would be a nice fit to the Nets in terms of what they do offensively and defensively. Yeah, I think it's also more likely Utah, they trade these guys, is going to do it in singular deals. You know, they're going to try to acquire as much as many assets. I think the nervous thing around Vanderbilt is just the three-point shooting. Even though it's improved, it's still at like one attempt a game. And that lineup you mentioned, you know, defensively would be awesome, but offensively could definitely have its struggles. So I think Vanderbilt, has you know an area on this team where he could be successful but then you're you're kind of leaning into being a more defensive minded team when probably offense is your best skill still even with you know Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving in the array of shooting obviously Olenek would potentially be a really nice stretch five and he's had some weird success in the postseason you know he's had big games when he was on Boston where he magically got hot and won them a playoff game because of his three-point shooting and he's gonna fight you know he's not gifted defensively but he's gonna play with a level of intensity and give you an option so I think Olenek fits better with this team and Vanderbilt's obviously the better player there's just more of a question mark about his fit do you think that either of those guys are better players slash better fits than joe harris because you know when i discussed with matt brooks in, in our podcast again a nice little one to for the archives evergreen sort of content you know he was you know big on joe harris he's been big on joe harris in terms of just a fit and if you're going to make that upgrade you know you need to find a guy that's a, either a better player more talent you know better fit whatever else it might be because joe's theoretical spacing you know obviously we've seen that he can't provide it in in certain points especially the postseason do you think that Vanderbilt or Olenek would be an upgrade to the rotation in in what we've been discussing it from like four five six seven eight could either of those guys be better than Joe come the postseason yeah I think you could maybe argue Olenek because he would provide you a different look that you don't currently have you know a stretch five look you know we've talked about five out when you have you know Kyrie and Katie on the floor and you you know put Royce O'Neal and TJ Warren or Utah Watanabe next to that you know three three man group could be really successful so I think you could look at that but again you could also look at a Linux not being great defensively and not wanting to pull that trigger I think it's very interesting and again with the Vanderbilt thing it's just hard for me to get around the spacing thing you know when you already have two non-shooters in Ben and Clax do you really want to add another one to the bunch and complicate your offense? You know, because we've already seen at times against better teams how having two non-shooters on the floor could be a real issue on postseason time, especially when you have to go against the likes of a Boston defense who's already really good. Now you're giving them a little break, and it's gonna, could, that could be a problem. 
Yeah, the, a lot of teams have done their best at sort of shading and uh, around sort of KD, Kyrie, and that sort of guys, those sort of guys. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, whether the and what are Jared Vanderbilt's you know shooting numbers because I know that he shoots okay from the corners, but what's his volume overall? Because that that's something that's one point one attempts from three on thirty three percent. So okay, not a not, not yeah. I mean, that's one a game, and there really could be game. There could be games there where he's not taking a three and taking two or three in another one. So it's just hard to believe in that in a postseason setting. Like, don't get me wrong, great rebounder, you know, great player in pretty much every other aspect in terms of role player stuff. But not having the three point shot on a team like this could be difficult. And you know, even Miami last night was essentially throwing the defender that was supposed to be on Ben Simmons in center field. Yeah, and a lot of teams will do that. A lot of better teams with with better coaches will do that. But getting to another trade proposal, Nick, we got one from Bo- at Boardroom E. He threw out Josh Richardson and Isaiah Roby to the Nets for Seth Curry and Kessler Edwards. What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, Jack, say that one more time. Broke up a little bit. We got Josh Richardson and Isaiah Roby to the Brooklyn Nets for Seth Curry and Kessler Edwards. Not really a huge Josh Richardson guy. I feel like the idea of him is better than the player that he actually is. And Isaiah Roby, I believe, was waived this year, and the Nets potentially had a chance to get him, and they didn't go after him. So I think I'm probably good on that trade. Maybe Richardson, if it was like a really cheap deal, but I think Seth Curry gives you a little bit more. Yeah, I think Seth's spacing, like elite, elite spacing, is more valuable than the somewhat two-way ability of of, of Josh Richardson. Like he's a 35.7. Uh, percent three-point shooter on pretty decent volume and it has been you know around that sort of 35 to 40 mark for the last you know season or so he can be a little bit streaky i think he's probably a more well-rounded two-way player but i think you'd rather bank on guys who have elite skills and i don't think josh richardson has any really elite skills i don't think he's an elite defender i think he's a decent defender you know he's six five ish maybe gives you a little bit more size uh, to throw out there at the guard position sort of can maybe play the two or three but i still think uh, uh, as much as seth might get attacked relentlessly like we saw against the boston celtics i think that the nets have a better balance to hide some of his deficiencies and i think he's been a pretty decent postseason player across his career as well when he has been in the right lineup combinations like you look to, to philadelphia where you know, he might have been their second, third best player when you have Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Matisse Leibel, whoever else it might be out there uh, alongside him. So uh, I don't think that that deal moves me or moves the needle greatly. Yeah, I think look about it this way. Uh, he started the season last year on Boston. They traded him and they went on one of the, the best second halves of NBA history. So yeah. Josh Richardson couldn't fit on a championship contender last year. I don't think much has changed unless the price is really nice. Nick, I got one here. Uh, some way to use Seth slash Joe, Cam, Patty, Sharp, and or picks to get Delon Wright, Alec Burks, Alec Burks, Nas Reed, Mo Bamba. I guess we can discuss those names a little bit. We've discussed Nas Reed, so we don't really need to um, a heap. Mo Bamba has been brought up in 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 news around the Nets uh, as well, and we've discussed him a little bit too. So maybe Delon Wright and Alec Burks, who have seemed to gain a little bit more traction in terms of. You know, the desire from um, some Nets fans and such. Yeah, DeLon Wright has been pretty much banged up for the Wizards this year. You know, maybe he could provide something. He's he's probably like more of a slight upgrade over Edmund Sumner because history ball is not super consistent either. Alec Burks, though, is definitely someone who's intriguing because he's, you 
know, played backup point guard. He's started at point guard for the Knicks a lot last season, and he's knocked down some big shots. He can get hot from three. He's just one of those guys that can like randomly have a game that can win you a tough game. Like he could just drop 20 off the bench in 20 minutes, and you feel really good about that. And he has good size. So I think Alec Burks is a guy that has my interest. Dude, this year, like, I didn't know that his numbers were were this good. Yep. He's averaging 14 points, three rebounds, 2.2 assists, 44.7% from three on 4.4 attempts. So it's not just junk attempts there. You know, 46.4% from the field. An E-field goal percentage of 57.1%. Good free throw shooter as well. Uh, I, I'm, I'm on the Alec Burks train. You know, I find a way to get him. And I think Detroit are all in on the tank now with, with Cade Cunningham yep. and on, in on Wembenyama, Scoot Henderson or whatever. So I think whether it's Boyan Bogdanovich, who's probably less likely, but if the Nets were able to get him from, for Joe Harris, I would I would love Boyan Bogdanovich and the uh, rekindling uh, in Brooklyn. But Alec Burks, you know, shooting guard, small forward sort of type. He's 6'6", so he's sort of like that Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal sort of type. So I think it, and he's a, just a good player. Like, you're just a, yeah. a, a good a good offensive player. Will be good enough defensively as well because he's got a bit of size about him, a bit of heft about him, strong enough. Uh, Alec Burks, is a really intriguing piece yeah i would love it as you mentioned the size is there you know even as a rebounder has had seasons averaging almost five rebounds as a guard uh can create like i mentioned last year with the knicks and the three-point percentage i think is probably one of the the more surprising things when you look at his number you think of him as a good three-point shooter but not a guy who shoots over 40 percent so that's something that could really fit in with his team and just give you that versatile offensive guard off the bench that could check numerous boxes and i think that's something that's really intriguing with his size He's on a three-year, $30 million deal. This year, he's earning ten around $10 million. Next year, I believe it might be is it a, 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 play, a team option on the $10.5 million. You maybe give him up for Seth. And look, what is the difference between Seth Curry and Alec Burks? Maybe Alec Burks is just a, a five-inch taller Seth Curry. But I think, you know, adding I think size, he's just a more complete player. Yeah, I, I think you can very, make a very credible argument that Seth Curry is one of the better three-point shooters in the league and is in that elite tier. Is Alec Burks in there? Maybe he's just having a bit of a flashy season. I think he's reliable enough for there. And maybe you just get the better player and it's a slight upgrade. And, and maybe you can get him you know, under with, with other pieces and you combine little bits here and there. The Nets have had some history with the Detroit Pistons, with Bruce Brown um, as well, fleecing him. So maybe the, the, the Sean Marks gets on the phone again uh, with the with the Pistons, but yeah, Alec Burks is a, is a new name that I've fallen in love with, Nick. Thanks to a bit of a discussion on this podcast, so appreciate whoever it was. Oh, I, I just had the name on me, uh, but thank you to everyone who brought all of those proposals. We somehow got through all of them, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm intrigued by Alec Burks. Yeah, I think uh, you look at him, and as you mentioned, the team option is really nice, and I think you just look at him too as a guy that could come in and like close potentially because he has that six six size you know the defense i'd probably have to do a little bit more research on to see where he's at on the end of the floor but he has you know at least some capable tools and what he's providing and it could be a really nice option and a nice ad for this team and i think a lot of, a lot of the trades we went through today you look at a lot of different potential options and ads to the team i think as we get close to the deadline you'll start to see some of those rumors and get a better idea of the asking price and also maybe a, a better idea of some of the value of the nets players i think cam thomas is a mystery you know we heard in the offseason a late first round pick now is he even worth that is he worth you know maybe two second round picks or something along those lines so just you know keep an eye on the rumors 
Yeah, and Finley Reddings is the guy who brought us the forward. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, one more one, Nick, because Jakob Pertl has been has, has waned in, I guess, you know, sort of popularity around sort of net social media in terms of his package. Uh, Jack with the Aussie flag on at Untucked Kai on Twitter, Aussie fan, Aussie Nets fan. He said, not sure the package, but anything reasonable to get Richardson and Pertl from the Spurs. I like the way um, some of our listeners are thinking of targeting teams that aren't going to be around that mark and are going to be offloading assets. You know, a Spurs, a Pistons, maybe a Minnesota, maybe a Jazz. But we haven't, I don't think, discussed Yucca Pertle on this podcast, Nick. What are your thoughts on him being added to the team? We spoke about a lot about spacing. I think he's a very, very, very good defensive player and an okay playmaker as well you know, around those elbows and, and in the post too. But does he take away too much from the offense where you know he's almost a net negative and you, you, you've got three quality fives in essentially what Ben Simmons has been this season in, in Simmons, Clax and Pirtle, but it sort of takes away from the flexibility in your rotation maybe? Yeah, I think Nick Claxton has been too good. You know, you if you trade Jakob Pertl, you're limiting Claxton's minutes, and Claxton has been one of the best defensive bigs in the league. And really, Pertl's not doing many things better than him. You know, I think Claxton has had a better season, and versatility is more impactful for this Nets team. You know, as you've talked about, Nick has been one of the best rim protectors in the league this season. He's also one of the best switch bigs in the league. And offensively, they're providing a lot of the same things. You know, Pirtle a little bit more polished offensively and has a little bit better passing, but Clax's athleticism sticks out more to me. I'd rather have Nick Claxton and I'd rather see Clax play 30 plus minutes than see Jakob Pirtle take minutes from Clax and Ben. No, I, I completely agree with that. I think Nick Claxton, you know, th- there's no point in taking away from him. And I think that his chemistry, his offensive play, yes, the free throws is something, but Jakob is an awful yeah. free throw shooter as well. If we were talking about Mike Muscala, Pirtle, Muskirtle or something, and you could get both of those guys. But yeah, Mike Muscala is another name. And we'll discuss a lot more names. Nick has a very thorough Google Doc. We want to give you another little trade teaser from our listeners and, and our followers. And if you do have any other guys, feel free to hit myself up at Jack Manuel, J-A-C-M-A-N-U-E-L-L on Twitter or Nick Faye, Nick underscore Faye underscore on Twitter as well. We'll be We'll be doing a couple more, maybe one, maybe two more trade episodes before the deadline hits. Still got a month or so, and there'll be probably plenty more trade news popping up before then too. Yeah, uh, it's going to get spicy. I think the Nets will make a move. It's just a matter of how big that move will be. But Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks for everybody for listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com